Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Welcome back to the Lighthouse Experiment this week again. It's uh, Jim Parkin and I, and we continue to carry on with the social distanced podcasting. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The studio where we record, they're working on it. The remodel is almost done. Like each day is one day closer, and we'll be back. I know. I'm really excited to see it. Sounded crisp and clean, I and know. it'll be all good. I've seen. I mean, they've been posting updates and stuff, like little quick videos and pictures of it and stuff. So, I mean, yeah. it's legitimate. Like, there's a room with the window to the sound room and stuff. I mean, it's. I'm. I'm really excited. So. Well, so our listeners know we're a day behind schedule. Yeah. Because Mr. Isaac Chandler yeah. tried to jump. 13 buses no-handed on his BMX bike. <laughs> oh, and he cr- almost. And he crashed and only skinned his face a little. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Yeah. Superstar. So, you know, we're the family that had two <laughs> girls and then a son, and our girls are very much like the stereotypical girls. Like, they're conscientious of not making too dangerous of decisions. And so I've never had to be yeah. overly careful of, like, making sure... You know, whatever. So my son saw his oldest sister, who's 13, ride her bike yesterday, (laughs) no-handed. So why why would he not? Why would he not even? It's more of a... Right. Yeah, it's more concerning if he doesn't try it. Well, and that he tried it when I was not in view of him. You know, it wasn't like we were right there together. It was like there's an extra little loop in our neighborhood and we let the three of them ride their bike around there, and Nick and I were walking so we can meet up, and of course it had to be then. So, I mean, he was all good. The way it all scraped his face, I could kind of tell he hadn't, like, blunt trauma, like, super crazy, smacked the pavement. But it's it still, it was, he was shook up about it. The girls were shook up, but they were... I mean, big sis came and got us, and then the second biggest sis stayed with him. I mean, they, they really were all very great, but, yeah. I, yeah. So they pulled out their, their first responder skills. Yeah, I they love did. It. I know. And then, so we just, I mean, he wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary. He didn't vomit. He didn't pass out. I mean, he get knocked out. He, I mean, he really didn't even tear up his face. It was more just that, like, abrasion. And he looked worse. But it could right. have been so much more worse if you consider, like, really, like, scraping skin across the pavement and stuff. Oh. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but we went to the ER. We got to check out the new ER in Fenton. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. They, I know those folks. They were. I know they're, they're, they're legit. They were. They were very much legit. And they were very kind. Isaac did a phenomenal job. They were wonderful to both of us. And he got them laughing. And he even gave. <laughs> Even gave Nurse Jen a wink on the way out. It was so funny. I'm like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> so good. So it was. It was good. It was good. So, Love it. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So I apologize for the delay in this week's. Um, no worries. Release. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But very good. So what we're going to talk about because I think that where we are with this, the kind of the state of the nation, you know, yeah. 
across our state and locally, people we know and stuff like that is, is mental health. Yeah. It's kind of that that post-traumatic kind of stress feel is happening. Yeah. So I thought, like, like we've talked about before, is, like, it's different for me than it would be for you, than it would be for somebody, you know, half my age, who this is their first thing. Right. You know. Right. To kind of describe what is post-traumatic or what is what is trauma, you know, would be a good way to go. That's a good way to start. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, obviously for me, it's, it's, you know, I've been in the military, been a fireman. Obviously, I'm still a paramedic. But so, you know, it's been, it's intense. These short bursts of intense situations that, you know, um, like how I like to say it is I like to journal that stuff out. So in my journal of life, I definitely have a chapter full of scars, okay. you know, that I, but I can bring those out if I need to, to help somebody else, right. you see. So like for me and for us, you know, for first responders and, and veterans and, and people who have got to a certain place, you can use those things, those traumas as kind of like your superpower. You know, you can pull it out. You can. Yeah, that's good let that be your guide and you can help other folks. But, you know, so has it been stressful? Has it been stuff like we haven't seen before? I've never seen anything like this in my career. People getting sick that quickly, you know, like taking someone to the hospital with the respiratory distress and a fever on Wednesday and in the evening and come back Thursday morning and they're intubated. And then by end of shift Thursday, they had passed away. Yeah. Would be like a timeline. Okay. How all that was going. And then, you know, for nurses who this is their first gig. Right. You know. Right. A lot of a lot of the Hurley nurses were in orientation. So their first thing ever is this thing and we really don't have any idea what it is, but it's destroying people's lungs and killing them. Yeah. You know, and then but I think what we should do tonight more importantly is for kind of the community folks, you know, because for, for our, us that are first responders and veterans and all that stuff, we know what it is. And we know that probably all of us have post-traumatic stress to one degree or another, mm. or we've kind of moved through it. And like I said, a minute ago, we can use it as a tool in the toolkit. But, but for, for folks, what would you say for people who this is like, they weren't even really you know, aware of what was going on when 9-11 happened. So this, for them, this is their first big national thing. Right. So, like... Yeah, I mean, I remember there being... I think pre-9-11, in my mind, not having been through you know, Pearl Harbor, you know, some of these other things that a generation or so before would remember, um, even like the Cold War and, and different things. Um, I I think I just, it's kind of like when you're younger and, and you just assume that every flight and every car drive is, there's no problem. It's always going to be safe. Um, and there's no issue. And as you get older, you realize that the, 
there are things that go wrong and there are folks that don't do everything a hundred percent, you know? So I think then you kind of realize the, the, (laughs) the frailty of some things. And so I think if that makes a little bit of sense, I think in my mind, my United States in my mind, pre nine 11 was just, was, you know, untouchable that nobody would ever hurt us, that nothing like that would ever happen. And, and, even just not even understanding and having been through any war and, you know, all that stuff. I think that that really rocked me that really anything could happen and, and not to live in fear, but it just really shifted my perception of my country right. always yeah. just being a safe place no matter what. And so I, I imagine right. that maybe that's similar, but I, I guess, you know, it depends on what each person takes away from a situation like this, you know. Yeah, I feel like in a lot of ways, because I can remember, like, I remember when President Reagan got shot. Okay. You know, and I remember when his Secret Service guy, the guy that took a bullet in the head for him, I remember all that. Then, of course, you know, AIDS. Yeah. And that was that was huge. And then the Gulf War stuff and obviously 9-11. But I think a part maybe of our problem as a country is to just... I think our downfall and the biggest trauma of all is the 24-hour news cycle. Yeah. Like, it's just constant. And it's not even, like, being accurate is not even close to the expectation. You know, so all this info is just pouring and pouring and pouring at you. Like, there's a lot of things that the general public just doesn't need, like, you know, average Joe or Jane citizen just doesn't need to know. Yeah. It would be way more healthy for their life if they just didn't know. <laughs> and like like what happens in Washington DC, like what we watch now and all this stuff, I feel like that's probably always happened. It's just now it's in our face. Like every day. You can't you know what I yeah. mean? It's just always and it's just unhealthy. You know? And it is stressful. If and then you you take that, you couple that with now kind of we're stuck at home. There's no work to go to. There's nowhere to go to. Right. You know, but there's all this information and what's real and what isn't real. And there's the weight of knowing yeah. like when, you know, when to, to stand up for something and do something about it. Because it's like I, right. I don't want to just hide my head in the sand and just you know, bad people and bad government just do whatever they want to do and not be the little bits that I've heard even in the last few days is we're already starting to just shift blame of how this should have been handled differently, you know? So there's, you know, I, I know we had said even last week, I'm just so grateful that this didn't turn out to be what it could have turned out to be. Um, yeah. we've still lost people we've still lost lives we've we've lost medical workers right. and and um, law enforcement and i mean we've lost people and see that's the you thing know? too because you know i had heard it said before well you know you know i saw this super cavalier post that was like well you know people die every day you know and i was kind of i was talking to some friends that are also like nurses and docs and medics and stuff. And we were like, yeah, don't we know it? Right. <laughs> right. But not like this and not our buddies. Right. Right. You know? And it's so it's just it's just 
it's weird that like two camps were clearly set like this people that are somebody with big words deemed non-essential you know and then i don't know it's a mess i know and it's and then you know we're seeing states open up we're seeing people argue about whether or not states should open up and all this and everything and and so you know we talked last week how do you how do you engage in a way that's respectful and compassionate and i think that's the answer you engage in a way that's respectful and compassionate you can you can still stand up for what you believe is right but not not do it by just intentionally damaging other people (laughs) you know Right. So that shouldn't be your thing, you know. That's, um, like I said earlier, I like to write stuff down. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like to write stuff. I don't necessarily like to show anybody, but I like to write stuff down. So whatever, yeah. you know, do something. Do something creative. Do something to get your mind off whatever, you know, whatever's stressing you out, and like don't let that new hobby be social media. Right. Right. Because it really becomes anti-social media. Right. And just is a catalyst to the stress and all that stuff that you feel already. Well, and let yeah. it be productive. I mean, you you yeah. got to know at least one person in your life that needs something dropped off to their house or needs an encouraging note or a text or something. Like, if, let, if, if more oh, yeah. of us funneled doing productive things during throughout this time i think there'd be less mess to argue over you know um and i I think there's still legitimate things that we should be concerned about as we you know go on in these months and stuff but i think that there's a way and i and i don't know if this is what you've been trying to like kind of communicate is that i think that there's a way to still honor our medical professionals still ask good questions still have good discourse still have good viewpoints and ideas and opinions, but not, again, not damage our health professionals, not damage our, and discourage those that have been working so hard on, on, on this to help us get through this well, you know? So. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what, (laughs) exactly what, you know, and there's, there's ways that everybody can work together. Yeah. People that are struggling with, I mean, my wife misses her students. Yeah. Teachers miss their kids. You know, they have that crazy idea they're talking about where they won't go do face to face teaching in the fall, which is, you know, just to me, that's just an atrocity. They can't, they don't need to be planning that far out. It's been a thing, you know, and for a lot of people, there's going to be a lot of mental health, mental health fallout from this. Yeah. And that's across the board. Yeah. You know, that's people that have lost family and haven't been able to have funerals yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So if we go back to post-traumatic stress. Right. So it creates things like um, like behaviors uh, a lot of times, like hypervigilance and or like completely the opposite of that, just being completely detached, right. you know, um, or see, and then some people are just fully understand that this is what we're wired to be. Right. And then don't, you know, I know people that I know what they've been through 
and I know what they've had to do and stuff like that. And they just love life and live it enthusiastically. Yeah. You know, and it's, so there's, there's all those different layers to the, to the, you know, to the thing, to the post-traumatic stress that like we've talked about before. I don't necessarily like that label. I definitely don't wear it as part of my identity. I mean, but it's obvious. I mean, I'm also not foolish. I know that I carry some some stuff with me from from calls and whatnot. Yeah. But I think that for, for like military guys and first responders and stuff like that, I think we're more equipped because it's part of you're not necessarily trained for post traumatic stress, but there's an expectation of what you're gonna right. see. I mean, I don't know. Do you think it has? when people know that they were they were this is this is their calling this is what they know they're supposed to be doing and those that wrestle with like the whole like good and bad in life and why things happen like do you think that has any bearing on on first responders being able to handle certain it just depends i think it's right i think it's just based on the individual Yeah. yeah you know I mean, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch it, but I sent you a video from that L.A. Yes. fire that that happened over the weekend. And so, you know, like in that, I think it's where the chief is speaking and he's saying they're having all the mental health people come in and be on ready, yeah. you know. But, you know, so like every fire department in the country is talking about that scenario, you know, like not what did they do wrong or anything like that. I was like, okay, so now that happened. Now, how can we prepare for if something like that right. happens? Right. You know, and it's so, it's knowing that, it's knowing that, that what you're going to be exposed to, I think knowing how to deal with it yeah. is a big thing. Like I said, be creative, talk to people. It's okay you know, for you younger listeners and stuff like that that are still invincible, you think, <laughs> it's okay to ask somebody for help. Yeah. It's okay. If you're new to this gig and something, you go on a call and it's terrible or something like that, hit me up. I'm old, <laughs> man. I'm sure I've probably seen something similar, you know? And it's just, it's just go to people that, that you know that you trust write stuff down but you know there's there's also a great deal of you know self you gotta be responsible for yourself yeah. you know you gotta be proactive you don't wanna just you know roll over and you know now I had this bad call and I'm damaged right and now I take that on as my identity yeah. I'm the guy with PTSD and it's hard because it's such a common, such common vernacular and talked about so much. It's easy to fall into that kind of fall into that trap. You know what I mean? Of having it so it's like, this is who well, I am. Well, especially when you're having a hard I'm time navigating up. it because it looks different for everybody. Right. Um, everybody's right. going to handle it differently. Everybody's tools to to process through it is going to be different. Um, it, it's just different. Right. So it's not like. I mean, there's so many people that have been through it and are functioning so well, living full lives, but yet to be able to figure out, okay, but what's going to, 
what's my timeline? What's going to work best for me? You know, it, right. it's hard. And I, right. I mean, I can only speak from my experience and my capacity, but I know that for me to just know that I didn't have to put this pressure on myself that I had to be okay, like by a certain time that I could just, it was right. okay to not be okay. And almost taking that pressure off, like helped me be okay. If that made sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so then it's like, you're trying to explain things that are intangible that are somebody's own, going to be somebody else's own individual journey in this, you know? And I think just a reminder right. that it's okay to take that time, even though you want to get through it. It's it's okay to just t- take right. that time, you know? Yeah, and it's it's important, too, for, for non, you know, military and, and non-first responder folks to understand that what you're feeling, if you're, if you're having, if you're struggling and you're feeling some sort of way, you know, this is, could be, you know, this is your thing. This is that post-traumatic kind of scenario if you've never had to right. navigate it. Like the worry of where's my money going, you know, how am I going to pay yeah. my bills? How am I going to care for, you know, this young family? that I've started how no one's there's no real like is this really as bad as they say or is it just a flu who should I believe you know and then you know it's easy to get caught up in the social media echo chamber and then then that's not helpful right but you know it's important for everyone to just to recognize it's such a big deal to recognize that mental health is health you know because people don't, it's looked at so differently and has just a horrible stigma to it. But mental health is health. So just to be open to talking to people no matter what walk of life right. they come from. You know, you know the folks that work in the extended care facilities, the nursing facilities. They stress. <laughs> you know what I mean? This was yeah. stressful getting all kinds of cases and then they're getting shade from the media because why are they letting so many people with COVID come here and stay there all together? You know, all the things, all the like top to bottom healthcare, this was hellish, you know, and and now we're starting to come through it, but there's going to be, you know, what did we just go through? That was crazy, you know, and have to sort that out. And there's the folks at home, you know, this is, there's going to be a lot of fallout. So I guess what we're saying here on this episode is that that's what the lighthouse experiment is here for. Yeah. <laughs> is to help. That's what, you know, what the lighthouse does, right? The lighthouse is guided ships that were caught in storms or ships lost at sea back yeah. to land. Like that's the whole idea. To be able so, to shine so, that light in the darkness and give you some vantage point. To know where you got to head back to. Right. Or how to just take that one step at a time, you know. And, and again, we're, yeah. you know, we're not saying that we have all the answers. Um, I think I have like eight. <laughs> you know, and then there's another 20, you know, right. But I, I think right. that, again, you're not alone. We're going to walk through this with you. Yeah. Um, our door is always open. Our message box is always open, whether it's to rant or request prayer or to have a call or something, you know, um, um, you know, we're, we're a safe community, you know, your, your stuff doesn't get plastered anywhere, you know, like this, 
This is right. for you to take one step at a time and know that we have your back, you know, and we're going to continue to have your back, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's that balance between not wanting to declare like all this gloom over this whole community, you know, but at the same time right. to be very aware of the needs that are going to be here for some time. And, and so we're, yeah, we're not, we're not ignorant right. to that. And we're, we're, um, being the, we're, we're planning to be the best prepared as possible, you know, for some. Right. You know, cause that's the thing that's as the summer progresses and as the weeks go on, we'll get more and more and more released to do mm-hmm. more things. And then we'll get back to where it's a pretty close semblance of normal. And that's when, (laughs) like, believe me, please, hear me, that's when these things are going to creep up. That's when these weird feelings of anxiety, you know, that you've never had before, maybe. After all the dust is settled, then there's going to be, you know, there's going to be some stuff. And we'll be here, you know, and... We can connect folks to the church and stuff. Church will be there. But, yeah, I think it's important to not, as much as kind of society or the media or whoever, however you want to say it, has drawn a line in the sand between essential and non-essential, we need to go ahead and just erase that line. And as our countrymen, you know, as our fellow Americans, as cheesy as that sounds, we need to just be able to walk this out together. Yeah, that's good. Because for my first responder listeners, that's what, I mean, we're caretakers. We are absolutely here to watch over the community. So when the community hurts, it's time for us to punch that clock. Yeah. So that's what I got. That's good. That's good. Thank you. No, that's good. Yeah. Well, I I would say kind of, hold on, how do I want to say this? Like, you got this. We got you. We continue to pray for you. Um, you know, okay. there's still whatever need you have. We um, will hook you up. <laughs> we'll get you taken care of. So even though, praise God, the COVID numbers continue to go down um, and we're walking yeah. out of this, we are not going to just check off the clock so um anytime like you know like you just said jim like if it's a week from now if it's tomorrow if it's you know december this year you know whatever that looks like you know we're here for you so keep your head up keep taking one day at a time you are loved we love you we're here for you and you're doing a phenomenal job and we're so grateful for you so well fam we're one day closer so one day closer Soon, 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 community night will be back, Woo-hoo. and it's going to be crazy. We can have 10 people community night, so we could do a wait list. We can. As of today, <laughs> 10 or less can gather. We got a team meeting now, right? Can we have a team meeting now? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I just have half a mind to have 12 people over. Just oh, my cause. gosh. I'm just playing. All right. Have a good week, everybody. See you next time. Awesome.